Appreciate you stopping by, giving a listen, and hanging out with us here on this sunny, sunny Wednesday afternoon. Um, your local weather forecast for Lake Placid is 72 degrees and partly cloudy. Um, it's been it's been a nice day today, weather-wise. Um, little overcast and cloudy this morning, and in the mid 60s. Actually, it was in the 50s um, when I woke up. So very nice coming out of a little heat wave that we had for the past five days. So nice to cool back down. Now we're getting some sun. We're in the low 70s. <coughs> I'm sneezing on the air. Everything is great. Um, and we are here to talk about some sports. And more specifically, we're here to talk about some wrestling and most specifically, we're here to talk about the impact that Triple H has already had so far um, on the entire WWE landscape in the past two weeks, basically, a little more than two weeks, that he's, quote-unquote, been in control of the WWE. Um, now, obviously, I want to say that I'm pretty much entirely just referring to the creative side of things, because he is now the head of creative with Vince McMahon, retired from all active duties. Um, <clears throat> obviously Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan are the co-CEOs, so they kind of took over the corporate side and Triple H took over the creative side. He obviously also retained his position as executive vice president of talent relations. And that was kind of further cemented with, uh, the news breaking this week that WWE have quietly, um, let go of John Laurinaitis, who is the previous um, talent relations person, um, as he was kind of wrapped up uh, in a lot of the investigation going on with uh, Vince McMahon right now, uh, which, by the way, an update if you didn't hear. Uh, earlier this week, the WWE, um, in their own kind of personal internal investigation, uh, discovered two more payments um, totaling $5 million made in 2007 and 2009 by Vince McMahon that were not reported that were supposed to be company expenses. Um, <clears throat> bringing the total up to, I believe, almost $20 million now in payments that he's made um, to different people for various reasons, most notably to women um, as hush money, quote-unquote. Um That, uh, that he's made, you know, as acting CEO of the company that were supposed to be reported as company expenses that he did not. Um, so obviously, big deal there. So nothing groundbreaking because there was already a couple of those payments, but there's just more being found um, and being reported to the SEC. So we will see where this continues to lead. Um, but obviously, again, just kind of further cementing the 
what is seeming more and more likely to be a forced retirement of Vince McMahon, um, kind of being forced out of the company, which honestly, it just, it makes a lot of sense to me that that's the only thing that could get in his way outside of death would be just him getting in his own way and his, uh, you know, his past finally coming back to haunt him and him being unavail- unable to to avoid it and to run away from it anymore. So, um, <clears throat> anyways, we kind of already talked about that a couple weeks ago in our preview of SummerSlam. And we're looking to the bright future now. We're not looking on the clouded past. We're looking towards the bright future um, and present that we are currently getting to experience as well. Um, with Triple H at the helm now of the creative side of things. So I kind of just wanted to take today. Um, probably won't be too long of an episode. I mean, I know they rarely ever are. But um, just wanted to take today to kind of look at what Triple H has already been able to do, again, in just over two weeks so far as head of creative. Um, obviously, SummerSlam was the first real big thing that he was able to kind of start cementing his own legacy and fresh start, so to speak. Um, you know, there wasn't a whole lot done on like the SmackDown and the raw leading up to it. Um, obviously part of that is just scrambling, you know, with everything happening, but um, SummerSlam was the first big splash. And then this past week of raw and SmackDown and then raw again this week, were the big kind of signs. So I figured we've had, we've got a couple of shows under our belts. Now we've already seen an immediate impact. Let's go over it. Let's discuss it. Let's, you know, what is this point towards for the future? Um, and then we'll get you out of here. So I guess to start is probably the most obvious one, which everyone has noticed, uh, which is just that more talent are getting time to shine. Right. And we're seeing that in multiple different variations. So we've seen it in, people being re-signed to the company that had previously been released by Vince McMahon, most notably so far in Dakota Kai, Dexter Loomis, and Karrion Kross. Um, Dakota Kai returning on uh, SummerSlam, and then Karrion Kross returning the SmackDown after SummerSlam, and then Dexter Loomis returning this past Monday on Raw. Um Obviously, rumors that more people are coming back and that he has interest in more people, most notably Johnny Gargano and um, Candice LeRae. So we will see what happens with that. I wouldn't be surprised to see them back in the company, but I also wouldn't be surprised to see them not. Um, and if it could be a, a while until we see anything from them as well, just you know, with Candice LeRae having fairly recently given birth to their to their son. Um, and as I've mentioned with other people who have gone through that, like Lacey Evans, Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey, um, you know, childbirth means a lot for people. It changes your life. And so being a parent um, and a new parent takes a lot. Um, so both Johnny and Candice being new parents, they have a lot on their hands and their priorities have changed. So, uh, you know, I think they definitely both intend to return to wrestling, um, but have given no real hints of when and where that would be. 
So, you know, we'll see what happens. But either way, Dakota Kai, Dexter Loomis, Karrion Cross, all returning to the company. I was very excited to see Dakota Kai back. Um, she was a star in NXT and, um, you know, was part of the budget cut releases from NXT. Dexter Loomis was also part of that. Um, I like him. I know he's a little bit more, not controversial, but just like hit or miss with some people. I know there's people that are bored by him or don't get it, which again, I understand it's the same thing with like someone like Bray Wyatt or the fiend more specifically where I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. It was different. It was creative, but it wasn't for everyone. And I get that. Um, and the same thing with carrying cross. I'm not a fan of his. Um, when I saw him return on SmackDown, I was happy for him and for Scarlett that they're back where it seems like they wanted to be. Um, and now have a much better direction to head um, with Triple H at the helm instead of Vince McMahon. Um, obviously, immediately inserting him into the main event scene, which I think is you know a great way to to make a star and to kind of reintroduce him to the WWE audience. I find him pretty bland and boring, even in his NXT run, which a lot of people really enjoyed. Um, so, but you know, happy for him and. You know, we'll see how they do in presenting him. You know, I, I think one thing to keep in mind with all this stuff and just moving forward is that while Triple H is a breath of fresh air and a sign of, you know, a, a fresh start and a new direction that he's taking the company and the creative at least, um, he's not perfect and he's not going to get everything not right, but he's not going to please everyone. No one can, right? Like... Vince McMahon couldn't please everyone. Tony Khan hasn't been able to please everyone. Triple H isn't going to be able to please everyone. You know, same thing with, uh, you know, Ted Turner wasn't going to please everyone with WCW. Vince Russo never pleased everyone. It's just like no one's, no one's ever going to be able to please all wrestling fans. Um, so there's going to be things that some people don't like and some people do like, and there's going to be some things where it's like, Ooh, maybe you shouldn't have done that. And you know, there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve for triple H here. Um, so just keep that in mind with all this. And just while you're watching it moving forward of just like, you know, don't let yourself get too upset or frustrated. If there's something where it's like, Hey, like at the end of the day, not every wrestler and every storyline is for everyone. So you just, you know, you got to kind of take it, take it for what it is, I guess, which is that it's a professional wrestling TV show. So anyways, um, so outside of people being re-signed to the company, we've also seen some returns and some call-ups. Um, obviously Bailey finally coming back from being injured. Now I do believe that was just, timing of she was finally medically cleared to return i mean maybe she's not still not medically cleared and vince just didn't know what to do with her or maybe she has been cleared for a while and vince didn't know what to do with her or she wasn't but he didn't want to bring her back in this role that triple h did but either way triple h saw something to do with her um and I think it's good. I've enjoyed it so far. But so she's back. She's on our screens every week, which is great. Um, Io Sky, formerly known as Io Shirai and NXT, um, called up to the main roster and 
probably then having signed a new deal as well. Right around the time that Vince McMahon retired is when um, her deal was coming to an end with the WWE. And it looked at that point like she was not going to be resigning and she was going to be going back to Japan. Um, but obviously since then has been convinced otherwise with, you know, much, many different things happening within the company. She seems to be happy. Um, and so her and Dakota Kai and Bailey all in that kind of faction, I think it's great. I think they all are doing great so far. Bright things ahead for them. Um, very happy for them. Um, and then outside of that, the other way that we're seeing um, more talent getting time to shine is just in the people who were on the roster waiting for their chance um, and Vince just wasn't giving it to them. For instance, someone like Finn Balor, who we saw with Vince was given the reins of the Judgment Day. But he, just more time to shine and more time to to wrestle. Um, for instance, this past Monday on Raw, he and Rey Mysterio got 14 minutes on TV for a match, which may sound like not that much, but 14 minutes is, is you know, a good chunk of time, especially for, for TV, for, for a Raw or a SmackDown. Uh, most matches rarely get more than like 10 minutes, especially if you're not the main event. Like this was just a match in the middle of the card. Um, so good to see them and they have good chemistry and they are able to have some fun with different spots. And, you know, obviously we got the edge run in and, and they're furthering storylines and we got to see Dom, um, show more character behind the scenes. Um, and it's just intertwining a couple different stories and giving people more time to shine, which is, I think is good. And we obviously are also seeing people like Ciampa and Shayna Baszler get more time to shine with Baszler winning the, um, what's it called? Gauntlet match on Friday night to get to now challenge Liv Morgan for the SmackDown women's title at Clash at the Castle. Um, Ciampa immediately getting more time to shine, winning uh, his triple threat match last Monday and then beating uh, AJ Styles in a singles match later that night and then getting to fight Bobby Lashley in a U.S. title match this past Monday on Raw. Um, so just, you know, people that weren't really doing much and kind of just showing up um, every once in a while are immediately getting more time to shine. Um, and I think we'll continue to see that. Uh, you know, I think we'll continue to see Ciampa get more time and, and, and Baszler as well, but, um, it'll be interesting to see how this affects other people because obviously the, the dirt sheets are reporting that while the vast majority of the talent are very happy with the new direction that Triple H is taking the creative. There are a select, you know, a couple of people who are worried about their, you know, their, um, not their, like their, their spot on the card, I guess. And I've been trying to think since that report came out last week of who that might be, because I was like, you know, Triple H is going to have the back of like pretty much all of the NXT people that he liked when he had them in NXT. So, i.e. Balor, Kevin Owens, Ciampa, Baszler, 
wouldn't be surprised if we see more for Sami Zayn moving forward. Um, so I'm trying to think of who that might affect. Maybe Ronda Rousey. Maybe Liv Morgan. Um, I think Bianca's position is safe because she never won the title in NXT, but she still got a lot of time to shine there. Um, and then I was thinking, like, maybe guys like Randy Orton, like, when he gets back, main, maybe not. Maybe someone like Cody Rhodes. Um, are Those are kind of more like Vince guys. I immediately thought of Omos. We saw him in a squash match on Raw. I don't know if that's going to lead to anything. Um, but, like, someone like that, who you would consider more of a Vince McMahon guy, um, I, I I can't think of many other people, honestly, who I'd be like, ooh, yeah, like their spot may be in danger. So I guess that's another positive that you can you could you could kind of chalk up. But anyway, so that's kind of the 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 tears for more talent getting time to shine. Um, and apparently, he's not done yet that being Triple H in terms of uh, signing new people back to the company. So again, I think Gargano, Gargano, however you pronounce it, and Candice LeRae at the top of the list for potentials. Um, I'm trying to think of other names who have floated around. Obviously, Cross and uh, Dexter Loomis were the biggest names. I think Tegan Knox is a name to look out for for the women's division. I think she would do great like in the SmackDown division because the SmackDown division still needs bolstering on the women's side of things. Um, but we'll see. It's just exciting that there's just a lot of potential, a lot of intrigue, and yeah. So next up, less scripted promos. Uh, this came from a report um, pretty much immediately that Triple H was giving much less scripted lines to people for their promos and letting them improv a little bit more. We've already been able to see this um, with more. I'm not going to just like start listing off examples, but we've seen this a lot. Um, we've seen it with Roman Reigns and with um, Seth Rollins and I can't think of anyone else. And I still ended up naming examples anyway, even when I said I wasn't. But it's just, it's good to see that. I think one idea that my partner had was he should start having some of the talent, especially some of the top talent, actually taking improv classes because that can help them um, with their promos and with the back and forth that you have when you're on the mic and you're in the ring jawing back and forth with someone and you're both improving that can help with being able to bounce off each other. Um, whether it be for comedic sense, um, or just for being able to like get that side of your brain to like think of things like think of comebacks and think of funny or, you know, good digs to make it people. Um, but I think I've noticed it already with a lot of the promos feeling less robotic and scripted and a little bit more free-flowing, which is great. Um, on that note, we've also gotten reports of there being a couple of less dirty words, so to speak, for commentary in the sense that uh, the word wrestling 
and the word wrestler are no longer banned by commentary. So in case you didn't know that already, the commentators were banned from ever saying the words wrestling and wrestler ever. Um, that has since been released, uh, lifted. Uh, supposedly belt is also on there of, you know, it was always a championship or a title, never a belt or a strap, but that has been lifted, so to speak. Um, mentioning other companies, I think, you know, they're kind of testing the waters with that too. Uh, you know, I think, what was that last week we heard Xavier Woods name drop, um, ring of honor and new Japan and like the ID IWGP tag titles. Um, so just, you know, acknowledging the fact that other companies exist, I think it's great. Um, I think that all just helps with the flow of things as well of not feeling so sounding so scripted, not fumbling over your words and allowing people to be more authentic because we all know that like all these people watch all these other companies as much as some of them may want to sound like on Twitter that they hate all the other ones and that WWE is far superior. Um, everyone in WWE watches AEW and ring of honor, new Japan and everyone in AEW watches WWE, right? Like, it's just like, we know it. And especially they, they tell on themselves when they tweet in the middle of pay-per-views. Um, So it's just like, hey, yeah, like we watch these other companies. Like they're still not name dropping AEW and they probably won't. But they're acknowledging the fact that, yeah, the Viking Raiders won tag titles in Ring of Honor and they won them in New Japan um, and even won them in NXT. Like there was times where it felt like they weren't even acknowledging NXT accomplishments either in WWE, which is just weird. Um, but so just, it feels more authentic and there's better flow. And then on top of that, there's better flow like in between segments and stuff on like Raw and SmackDown. Like it just, it's not so, doesn't feel so disjointed and there's smoother flow and, um, things make more sense as well. Um, let's see another thing. There's just more wrestling which may sound weird, but someone, I I saw this on Twitter last week, someone showed on the last SmackDown that Vince was in charge, there was a total of 13 minutes of wrestling on the entirety of the two hour show. So 120 minutes. I mean, obviously you have to factor in commercial time, but 120 minutes of programming and there was 13 minutes of wrestling compared to last week on SmackDown in a total of 120 minutes of programming, there was 40 some odd minutes of wrestling. I believe it was 43 or 45, somewhere around that mark. So a significant bump, which just, it makes sense. It's just like, yeah, like this is a wrestling show. Obviously we need to build storylines. We need to have promos. We need to have backstage segments and, you know, you have to factor in entrance times and, and, going between matches and and segments and whatnot. But to only have 13 total minutes of wrestling on a professional wrestling show is just like not good. Um, And to see it bumped up to 43 and not have, I mean, I didn't feel like it was like, oh my gosh, like it was just wrestling nonstop. But I did see some people say that, especially about Raw, um, which is fine. And like I said, like it's not going to be for everyone, but uh Triple H is making a conscious decision of, I want there to be more 
actual wrestling on the shows than what we were having before, um, which I think is great. Uh, more cliffhangers. We've seen cliffhangers on a couple of different shows. Um, we saw a cliffhanger on uh, last week on SmackDown with, you know, Roman Reigns being in the ring and then Drew McIntyre coming out to confront him and he's about to attack him, but then Karrion Cross comes out of nowhere, attacks him. Um, and so like attacks Drew McIntyre, but then points to, you know, the watch of like TikTok looking at Roman Reigns in the ring. So cliffhanger of like, what's going to happen next with him? Like he just, is he going to be inserted into the match at clash of the castle, which by the way, he should not be. Um, is he immediately going to go after Reigns? Is he immediately going to go after McIntyre? Is he just going to keep going after people in general week after week to just establish his dominance? Big cliffhanger. And then obviously on Raw, if you haven't seen it, um, Dexter Loomis making his uh, debut return, I don't know, to the company um, after the main event of Raw. And it was done very creatively too, which is another thing um, where... AJ Styles um, beats The Miz. It was The Miz, right, that he faced? Yeah, because it was a no disqualification match. Beats The Miz in the main event match, and then kind of out of the corner of your eye, in the, the corner of the screen, like behind the guardrail, you see someone in a black hoodie um, running up to the guardrail and the barricade, but then getting taken down by the cops, put into cuffs, and then they take his hood off and drag him away, and you see that it's Dexter Loomis out of the corner. Of, again, it's not... They don't have the cameras right in it. They they made it look like it was not supposed to happen, and it was a fan trying to rush the ring, and they got taken out by security. Um, the cameras did a great job with this. AJ Styles did a great job with this. The commentators did a great job with this of you could hear them kind of whispering, barely just like, what is going on? Like, is that, who? like, what is happening? And then just like immediately going back to like, AJ Styles with a great win over The Miz in our main event. Um, so they're clearly going to keep playing off of that. But another cliffhanger of just like, what just happened? Um, so just, you know, unique, different ways to introduce people to the WWE fans. Um what else? The titles mean more now. Um, we immediately saw this with the United States Championship. Um, last week on Raw, we had two different triple threat qualifying matches um, utilizing some great talent. So we saw Ali, AJ Styles, and The Miz, I think, in one. And then Ciampa, Dolph Ziggler, and Chad Gable in the other. Those are both great matches. And then we get Ciampa versus AJ Styles later that night. And Ciampa winning, which was the right call. Um, and then getting that U.S. title match this past Monday on Raw and another great match. Um, but even on top of that, we're getting like video packages on the history of the United States Championship. We're getting backstage promos from Ciampa on why he why this match means so much to him and why the U.S. title means so much to him, having been trained by Harley Race, who was the first ever United States champion. So it's just like, 
it's just it's just giving meaning and importance to these titles and to these matches. It's just it's so exciting. And then we also seen this clearly with the women's uh, tag team titles, which had been unheard of uh, in weeks. Like I think it had been five or six weeks since they had even been mentioned on television at all. And then this past week on Monday, we get the announcement that there's a tournament to determine the new um, women's tag team champions that's going to be settled at Clash of the Castle. And so we have a bunch of qualifying matches happening. So we already had one happen on um, Raw this past week. And Dakota Kai and Io Sky moving forward. Um, we're getting... Now, the only issue I have with this is that most of the tag teams are fairly thrown together. Um, we have Eosky and Dakota Kai, which made sense. You have Alexa Bliss and Asuka, which made sense, um, kind of. Um, that was basically it. Then it was like um, Tamina and Dana Brooke, which I guess you could say makes sense, but like not really. Um, Natalia and Sonya Deville, which makes no sense. Um, what are the other ones? I can't even remember who the other ones are. Aliyah is in one, I think, with someone else pretty random. Um, we're getting. To, I can't remember her name. Is it Nikki Lyons, Nikita Lyons, and Zoe Starks from NXT? So that's just like they're not a tag team in NXT, um, but it's exciting just to kind of like every once in a while integrate NXT into stuff to just be like, hey, yeah, like they're still a part of this too, and they have a shot as well. Um, we're getting some questions. Does the change go? Wait, well, sorry, my thing is being weird so i can't see the full comments uh hold on what is going on with facebook i just can't see the whole comment uh what if i did this um apologies the comment section on facebook is being weird so i can't fully see what you are asking um does the change go with triple h alone or is something giving creative a little more leeway i'm sorry i can't read the full question i don't know what's going on with facebook but it just like won't let me this is so bizarre uh, do the TV ratings change as well? Well, that one I can answer. I can fully see that question, and I know the answer. And it's yes. Um, we saw last Monday, which was the Raw after SummerSlam, and was pretty much the first Raw where Triple H had had time to kind of build to it and fully create the show from the ground up for himself. Um, and I can't remember the actual number, but it was the best... It was the best raw ratings since the first um since the first raw of the pandemic era, so to speak. So the first raw where there were no fans in attendance. Um 
So it was the biggest show in well over two years for Raw. And the numbers dropped this past week, obviously, because it's not only was it Triple H's first big show by himself, but it was also the Monday after a pay-per-view. So naturally, the number's always going to be a little bit higher there, and then there's going to be a drop-off. But it's still, we're still seeing bigger numbers than what they were kind of averaging the past few months uh, for Raw. I don't know about SmackDown. I'm not positive. Um, but I believe the numbers have been up as well for that too. Um, so yeah, so back to what I was saying with the women's tag team titles. Um, obviously, he's giving more importance to them because they're a thing again, right? Because like I said, like it had been six or seven weeks since we'd even heard them mentioned. Um, the reports, the rumors, whatever you want to say, um, apparently Sasha Banks and Naomi have agreed um, on new deals and agreed to come back to the company. So you'd have to imagine that they will play a factor in the women's tag team division to some degree, uh, especially since when they won the titles, they were very happy about it and were wanting to be in the tag team division and like elevate those titles. Like the plans, which is what forced them to walk out was for Naomi to challenge, I think Bianca on pay-per-view for the raw women's championship and Sasha Banks to challenge uh, Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Championship on pay-per-view. So they were both supposed to get title shots. They were both supposed to lose, obviously. But they were both supposed to get title shots, and that was what made them walk out, is they didn't want to be challenging for the singles titles. They wanted to just be a tag team and defend the tag titles on pay-per-view and like put the focus and the emphasis on that. Um, and so it was just like weird enough that like you had people that passionate about it and Vince not being that passionate and then walking out and being like, fine, we're done with this. And then him like suspending them and then just like basically getting rid of the tag titles. Um, but so now supposedly they're coming back. Obviously the titles themselves are coming back and triple H seems to have that kind of passion as well. So that's great. It's like a full like eight team tournament that will again, like I said, conclude at clash of the castle, which I think is great. And I am excited to see how they are featured more moving forward in general. Um, and then the last thing I had a, I had um, was just that more stuff is planned out slash announced ahead of time. It felt like we were going on a while there where most Raws and Smackdowns, there was nothing announced and nothing planned. And it was just like, we don't really know what's going to happen. And Vince is going to rip up the script an hour before the show anyway, and just like redo it all right beforehand. Uh, so nothing was ever announced. So there was not a lot of cohesion and flow, but like, for instance, like we had that Monday night last week, it was just like, Hey, we're having two different triple threat matches and those winners are going to face each other. And that winner gets to face Bobby Lashley for the U S title the week after on raw. And just like immediately like announcing it, it's a thing, it makes sense. And we know what's happening for the next two weeks in that regard. Same thing with like um, last, last week, Damian Priest challenging Edge to a one-on-one -on -one match on Raw in Toronto in two weeks. And then this past week on Raw, Edge accepts the match. So now we know next week, 
or it's either next week or in two weeks, the Toronto, uh, the Raw in Toronto, we're going to get Edge versus Priest. It makes sense storyline-wise. It makes sense like when we get to it because it's been built up and we it was announced. It's just like it makes sense. And then kind of coupled with that, they've kind of updated and renewed the graphics for that and put more emphasis on that of just like like this past Monday, we started the show off with a recap of like Bailey, Dakota, and EO kind of making their presence known and everything going on with that. And then start the show with you know, graphics announcing like, hey, don't forget tonight we have Ciampa versus um, Bobby Lashley for the United States Championship. We're also announcing this tag team tournament for the women's champion tag titles. Here's the bracket. Like we're going to get this match later on. And then we go into, you know, the first, you know, the second segment, I guess. So it just like, it, it makes more sense. It's a lot more cohesive. It's Triple H more hands-off than Vince. Yes. I believe that's what your first question was trying to say that I couldn't read. Um, so yes, to answer that question, Triple H definitely seems to be more hands-off than Vince, which I think is good all around, right? Because it allows the talent to have more leeway and have more freedom with their promos and even the matches themselves. Like I've talked about a lot on this show, but I don't know how in tune everyone else is, but like with most of the matches talent were having to hold back. Like there were certain moves that they just like weren't allowed to do. And it was only on the rarest of occasions that they'd be allowed to do them. Um, and they weren't given as much time to work with. And they also, even the matches themselves were a lot more scripted and rehearsed. Whereas they're being able to, they're being allowed to call the matches a lot more on the fly and in the ring, uh, which some people really like to do. So like, for instance, two weeks ago on SmackDown in the good old Donnie Brook match, I can't remember the name of it, but the street fight between Drew McIntyre and, Sh and Sheamus, uh, it got like 20 plus minutes, which is great and a change. And it was almost entirely called on the fly which I think those guys enjoy more. There are definitely, I think, some superstars, some wrestlers who will enjoy having and rely on there being a little bit more rehearsal and a little bit more planned spots, which is fine. But those people like someone like Sheamus or Drew McIntyre, excuse me, or someone like Dolph Ziggler or Gable, where they kind of work better with free flow and just calling it on the fly in the ring have the ability and the option to do that now. And we're seeing the quality of matches go up. Um, so their promos are less scripted and more hands-off. The matches themselves are more hands-off and they're also given more time, which allows them to, sh to, to have more fun with it and to up the quality of the matches as well. Um, which then obviously makes the talent feel less micromanaged and, like they're more in charge of their matches, which is great. And it just, you know, then that affects their, their morale and the, the turnover rate of people asking for their release um, or not renewing their contracts. And they're just happier with what's going on. Even if maybe they're not in the world title picture, 
they're still getting the ability and the option and the potential to, to have more fun with their matches and to show off more and get more eyes on their matches. So that's kind of all I had written down in terms of the, the changes I've noticed already in the two weeks. Um, I'm sure there have been more that I either missed or forgot to write down um, or just I haven't noticed, but maybe you have. And there's obviously... I think going to be more changes over the next few weeks, months, and years, because again, it's really only been two weeks since Triple H took over. And I've already noticed this much um, positive change. So like I said on the last episode, it's just, it's an exciting time to be a wrestling fan and to be a WWE fan because it's just a lot of positive change and a lot of positive outlook and potential, which is all you really want as a fan of a TV show, right? Um, I've, I haven't, I've tuned in to Raw and SmackDown the past four episodes. Um, I haven't watched them all front to back just because I just don't have that time and I don't stay up that late. Um, but I've made sure at some point to tune in because I've been curious to see what's happening on the shows, each and every show since Triple H took over. Before that, I can't remember the last time I had been like, oh, I want to watch, you know, I want to tune into Raw to see what's happening right now. Like I just, I, I will always read the recap of what happens the morning after to stay up to date and I'll always watch the pay-per-views. But I like find myself wanting every week to tune in to raw and SmackDown to be like, Oh, I wonder what's happening this week. Like, you know, like there's this match that I want to make sure I see, or like this person might be returning or, you know, let me see what they do with this storyline, stuff like that. So it's just exciting. It's fun. It feels very revitalized and healthy again. Um, so I'm just very excited. I'm happy about it. I'm hopeful, um, which is a lot of things that I wasn't feeling about the company and about the storylines and all that stuff for a long time. So I am very happy to see Triple H in charge. I'm excited with all the changes he's made so far, and I'm excited to see what he continues to do moving forward with the company, with the talent, and the storylines. So with that being said, let me know what you guys think. Um, I know that this isn't for everyone, and some people may disagree with some things that I mentioned or some things that Triple H is doing. So let me know. I want to hear. Uh, you can let me know in an email, write it to sportstalkwithswag at gmail.com. Um, or you can let me know on social media, interact with me there. Um, I'm active on all the social media accounts. So Facebook is Sports Talk with Swag. Like that page because that's also where we go live every week for the episodes. So we do a live stream. Um, if that's not your thing, though, uh, no worries. The Twitter, um, the Twitter. Follow me on Twitter, stwscast. You can tweet at me. Uh, let me know your thoughts, um, but also just give us a follow because I'm super active on there, um, talking about all things WWE and you know sports as well in general. Um, Instagram is Sports Talk with Swag. We haven't read the comment here. All recaps and write-ups seem to be more positive. I'm assuming that says positive now. Yeah, it's just like everyone is, I think, more positive and enjoying it more. Um, so yeah, Instagram is Sports Talk with Swag. Uh, you can listen to the audio format of any and all of these episodes. Um, 
anywhere you get podcasts. So Spotify, uh, iTunes, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Google, all that stuff. Um, you can listen to this podcast and, um, you know, give us a listen. You can download it. Um, make sure you give us a five-star rating anywhere you can for the show. Give us your feedback. Um, I do appreciate the honest feedback, but do give us a five-star rating or else um, Triple H is going to write you off TV and you're just, you're going to be one of those people whose spot is in jeopardy with him being in charge now. So if you want to be on TV and you want to be featured prominently, give us a five-star rating. All right. Um, with that being said, I do want to thank you all for listening um, and for hanging out with me in the Facebook live stream. I do appreciate your guys' support for this show. It means a lot. And I will see you guys in the next episode. Peace.